there I was at 60 looking at the world saying, oh my goodness. And I found that corporate America did not want a 60 year old woman. And if I wanted to continue to work, I guess I better start my own company. So that's exactly what I did. You're listening to Lori Ann Vaughn Speaks, a powerhouse in the world of virtual assistance to public speakers and authors, and today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Have you ever felt like all the day-to-day details of running a business are keeping you from really doing what you love and excel at? You're not alone. And today, help is on the way. That's because today I'm interviewing Lori Ann Von Speaks, founder of LVS Consulting Services. It's a company offering virtual business support to public speakers and authors. She's helped some of the world's top 100 thought leaders build their own businesses. And today I brought her on the show to share not only how she got to where she is today, but why you may want to work with a VA, the kinds of services they provide, and how to tell whether a VA is a good fit for you or not. So Lori Ann, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Steve. It's great to be here. I'm so glad you came on with us today. And and you've only recently opened LBS Consulting Services, but you've been doing this kind of work for a long time. Can you share a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Yes, yes. Yeah, I have been working for some thought leaders for the past 16 years. Been involved in six best-selling books from proofing and editing all the way through to launch week and marketing. And um, my boss, who I was a full-time employee, decided to semi-retire but sell off the company aspects. So there I was at 60, looking at the world saying, oh my goodness. And I found that corporate America did not want a 60-year-old woman. And if I wanted to continue to work, I guess I better start my own company. So that's exactly what I did. And now, 14 months later, I have five women working with me on my team, and we support authors and speakers, build their presence, help them with the minutiae, and and we're also doing a lot of research for booking them in in new places to speak. So So handling a lot of that legwork that is tedious and somebody has to get it done, and that's not really what they want to specialize in. They want to specialize what's their focus, and you help them get the day-to-day gritty stuff out of the way. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of speakers and authors tend to be the creative people that have wonderful ideas, but may not know how to do all the details. And uh, I think I've kind of gotten that reputation that I'm the detail person. I'm the one that makes sure nothing falls through a crack. And so that's what I've been um, offering my clients as we move forward in a virtual workforce type of environment. Sure. And and for our audience, and there's some who may not really have any idea what a virtual assistant is or does, what are some of the kind of common types of tasks that that a VA would handle? Well, and and it all depends on what your needs are. Uh, For a small business, if you're spending 40% of your time on administrative functions, it's time to hire a VA, Um, especially if you're not at a point where you can hire a full-time employee. You may not have 40 hours a week to offer someone. A VA is a brilliant way to get that minutia off your plate and yet not have to guarantee a certain amount of hours and have all the benefits and all the, the other costs involved in bringing on an employee. 
you can find VAs that do everything from data entry all the way on through um, business development. So, gotcha. Do they usually do they usually a retainer? Or is it an hour by hour, project by project? How is, or is it across the whole board, depending on who you're hiring? How does that work? It does depend on who you're hiring, and I think that there are VAs out there that are wonderful for the smaller tasks, and you can find VAs out there for ten dollars an hour, but you're going to get what you pay for. I mean, the kids are great with technology sometimes, and I have two on my team that <laughs> that I go, um, this isn't working. I need some help. So um, there are good VAs out there at lower costs. And then there are the VAs such as myself that really partner with someone to build their business. And, and I'm considered a VA in that I'm virtual. I'm not going to go into your office every day, but there's a big, there's a big gamut on the level of skills that you can find in that VA world. Got you. That, that makes a lot of sense. So it's not unique just to speakers and authors. It's really anybody that's trying to run a business and solopreneurs especially. Exactly. Uh, they're kind of alone here in the office or the bedroom or the kitchen or wherever they're working from. And they're often just trying to plug through everything that's got to go on, on through the day and then are working, you know, burning the candle at both ends, trying to get the work done. And so a VA takes a lot of that off the plate. And so, you know, so they can focus on what's really clear. You kind of mentioned about, you know, 40% is kind of like a level maybe to consider working with the VA. Is there maybe a size of business or, or something you would consider at what point you would say, okay, this is, I got to get working with a VA or consider it at least? You know, 25 years ago, Stephen Covey came out with the seven habits of success and said, do what you do best and hire the others to do the rest. Now, when you're starting a business, that's easier said than done, unless you've got some real great venture capital. But, you know, um, if you find that you suck at this, you know, whether it's keeping your, your CRM up to date or whatever, things like that can be handed off so easily to a VA to keep your uh, database up to date, to help with your email or distribution of something, to work with your social media. If you've got a social media project that you want to get off the ground, again, it depends on what your business is. If I tend to focus strictly on speakers and authors. And so social media is a huge part of what I do. Gotcha. And it's, it's good to point out too, you know, even folks who are on a shoestring budget, sometimes you really ought to offload some of the menial tasks. You can focus on the money-making activities exactly. that you excel at. And exactly. I, I think somebody may think out there, well, I don't have the money for a VA, but you may not be able to afford not to have the help because you're stifling your business growth. Exactly. I had a client tell me that she was making like $1,500 a month. And when she hired her first VA, she went skyrocketing and went to the six figures within that first year. So that's a big difference because she could do the money-making work while the other person did the administrative work. I truly believe it's the way we're really going in this gig economy today is to, to work with the VAs. And if you have a graphics job that you need to be done, needs to be done, there are entities out there that you can just hire on a gig by gig basis. That makes a lot of sense. If there's a lot of different types of services that can be offered, as you mentioned earlier, and types of clients uh, you, you might work with. So when somebody's considering working with a VA, 
what kind of things do they want to think about uh, in order to have a successful outcome? Because say before, you know, going through the conversation with somebody, what should they be looking for? What, what's good to offload? What maybe are some things they may have to consider keeping in-house or or making sure that the VA is, is appropriate for handling that? What kind of things should they be thinking? What kind of questions should, should they be right. asking? You can't just go out, and there's a number of different sites that offer VA type project work. You need to be so careful. You really do. You want to make sure this VA has experience in your field, whatever that may be, because if they don't know the construction business or if they don't know the speaker author business, it's such a huge learning curve that, you know, you're sitting there going, uh, this, you know, I need to tell her how to do everything. You, you know, so you have to be careful with your, um, your due diligence in picking someone. I've heard such horror stories about them, you know, picking the kid down the street who can help them. And no, you need, you need to make sure these are self-starters that, like myself, I've been working from a home office since 1992. I told you people I'm old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, for me, I'm very diligent in staying focused on, on whatever the tasks may be that day. And sometimes you don't get that, especially with the young kids. If something more fun comes up, oh, I can do that tonight at one o'clock in the morning or whatever when they get back. You want to make sure this person has experience in an administrative function, if that's the duties that they're going to do, because there's a lot of administrative assistants that would love the extra work. That's a good point. Not a high paying job. And to make bills, you know, make your bills, a lot of them are out there. Make sure they have the experience. Get references. And that those are two of the big things. And you also need to make sure that you guys kind of click on a personality basis. So that you know that you can be very clear in your communications, when things are due, what you're expecting, so that your VA is not left out going, um, what am I supposed to do? You have to be clear as well. What I would recommend for folks who are looking at doing a VA personally is document what you already do. Write it out step by step, exactly what you accomplished. Now, your VA may have a better process of getting the job done, but at least they'll know exactly what you're trying to accomplish and what you have been doing. And you'll have that record for yourself. Um, maybe tr- hire someone for a trial project. You exactly. recommend that, Lorianne, and say, you know, let's do this 30-day trial and see how we fit. And, and, and is this a good fit for both of us? Mm-hmm. I still, to this day, offer that. I offer, you know, a 10-hour package to get to know how we work and to do a project for someone and then reevaluate and say, is this what we want to continue to do? Gotcha. And during that evaluation stage, what would you say are some of like the big, you know, red flag warning signs, like kind of both sides of the aisle? Uh, What would you say, this may not be a good fit? How would you tell that? Well, if they're not returning your emails within a couple of hours, if it's a work time frame, no, if you're sending out an email to her at, you know, eight o'clock at night, you need to wait till eight or nine the next morning. But it definitely should be within, you know, a few hours. If they're not getting back to you in a couple of days, that's a huge red flag, a huge red flag. I know that I actually went out to have a logo created for my business and went to one of these sites because I wanted to kind of test the waters both on a research basis for myself and 
you know, contracted with this one fella and then he never got back to me. Thankfully, those sites, you don't pay until you get it. So I didn't lose money on the deal. You can, you need to be careful. You need to do your due diligence as well. And if you see they're not responding quickly, it's a red flag. Very good. Yeah. You, you don't want to work with somebody who can't get back to you. Otherwise, what are you paying them for? <laughs> if you had a job and you don't go into the workplace, you're, you're not getting a paycheck. Same idea. You know, it may be 1099 freelance type of work, but you know, if someone has to get the job done and you wouldn't expect your clients to pay you if, if they're hiring you and you don't accomplish the work. So the same thing with the VA. And I think that's just common sense business practice right there anyways. And I, I would think that most VAs would be a, uh, not an issue, but that's why you do a test run. And yes. there are terrific VAs out there uh, for every aspect of business, like Lorianne said. And so regardless of what area of business you're working in, it's still something that is absolutely something you should consider uh, when you need to offload some of those extra work. With, you know, because that's one of the benefits of being a solopreneur. You don't have the headaches of being a, an employer with the W-2 employee and the extra taxes and everything else. And uh, Lorianne, you, you said you had several people on your team and I believe you said they're all- contract- They're all 1099 as well, yes. That's yes. right. So you don't have that headache. <laughs> no, no. Like, but you still have the benefit of a team and you have a cohesive team, but without the employee headaches. And that's kind of like what I say uh, to folks who are considering being a solopreneur. Look, just because you're on your own doesn't mean you're alone. And that's what a VA does is they're the resource or the part of the team you're growing to provide the services that you best provide to your clients. Exactly. And that's exactly, exactly why you want a VA. Yeah. And as you grow and you make more business because you've taken that off your plate, you can hire that VA for more hours to do even more. And it's, so it's a win-win for both of you. Yeah, it's like a snowball effect of success. You, exactly. You, you find that you have more time because you freed up time of tasks that you don't have to accomplish. And the more you can focus on your core competency, what you are an expert at, what you love to do, the more you're going to love what you're doing because you're not doing the stuff you hate. <laughs> so, exactly. And, and exactly. I don't know about those who are listening, but for me, I didn't you know, start a business of my own so I could you know, spend all day looking at taxes or spending all day looking at, you know, email or paperwork or anything else of that nature, uh, I wanted to do what I want to do. And that was to write and, and that has grown into other areas, but you need to find what is it you love to do. And if you're not spending most of your time, 80-20 rule, if you're not spending at least 80% of your time on that, you may want to start thinking already, uh, where can I offload some of the stuff that I, I'm spending too much time on, on the minutia? That's exactly. not helping you move forward. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's awesome. So and I, I know that for speakers, I know before the show, you told me you do things like administrative support and book support, uh, you know, doing bookings and the social media management. That's a, a specialty of yours. Um, what does your typical day look like as a VA? I mean, what, <laughs> what do you do all day? You know, like, right? Yeah. Well, my typical day, I actually, as I said, you know, I'm like that detail person. So I kind of, plan out my day is like two hours for this and two hours for that and this client and that client. So my, there is no real typical day, but I, I do a lot of social media. I actually handle some of the business side of the LinkedIn for another client. I am constantly looking for bookings for up and coming speakers and trying to teach them how to do some of these things as well. Um, I think young people, and, and I shouldn't say just young people, I mean, even some of us older gals that are just getting in there for ourselves, 
sometimes they don't realize that just because it's not a paid event, a paid speaking event, you have to look at what your end goal is. Are you wanting to get in front of these people so that you can speak and show your expertise and what you have to offer them, but you're not getting paid to be up on stage, but you're going to walk out with six more clients well worth not getting paid for that speech. So I think, I think there's a lot of teaching that I've been involved in in the last year as well, just helping people understand the, the reasons to take certain events and looking at what their end goals are. And each one of my clients has different end goals. So <laughs> there is no real typical day. But uh, yeah, I try to put it into blocks so that I don't leave out anyone. I want to circle back to something you said just a minute ago too, uh, which is, you know, finding what's a good fit. And you also mentioned about how you may not even get paid for an event. And I've actually heard of speakers who they'll pay to get on a stage because they also know that they have a, a certain conversion closing based on headcount that, hey, if, you know, if I walk in an audience and it has 500 people, I'm going to walk out with 50 or, or 75 new clients. Right. And what the expected you know, profitability of that is they know exactly how much it would be worth it to them to pay per person in that audience to pay to be on that stage. Exactly, exactly. And that was something that I learned that because of the fact I had always been working with a couple of really big thought leaders, they never had to pay for, you know, for anything. And they were paid a decent amount for per speech. But, but there were times when they'd do it for free as well because of the fact that they were going to go in and talk to a corporation that was then going to buy the workshops based on their IP. So, you know, I mean, even at that level, there are reasons to take non-paying speeches or as you say, even pay for the opportunity to get up in front of them. Right. It, it, but of course, obviously, that, that means that you know what your offer is. You have proven what you're doing uh, before you invest a whole lot of money into an, an untested venture. But I'm just saying that's an opportunity out there, especially for people who are already comfortable with public speaking. Uh, you may want to consider, you know, is this something I ought to consider as, as an opportunity to get on more stages if, if that is something that is a focus of building clients and, and reach in your business. So just something to consider there. Right. And, if you're, and if you're just beginning and, you know, you can't afford to go travel to all the national events, but you need to be speaking, contact your Rotary Clubs, your Elks Clubs. They need people to speak at every single meeting. So these, these are places to hone your message and get out there and speak and speak and speak. Absolutely. I mean, even your local library, chamber of commerce, you'd be surprised exactly. who needs speakers. And sure, you, you probably are not going to get paid, but you're going to hone your message, just like Lorianne said, and you're going to get comfortable in your own skin on stage so that you can bring and relay a message that is going to be powerful, helpful to your audience. I mean, you always want to deliver value, right. but in the process of delivering value, you're establishing your own business credibility and you're giving people a reason to say, hey, maybe I should work with so-and-so because they know what they're talking about. That's the whole point of credibility boosting and on the stage and as well as conversions directly. Sometimes. Exactly. And for no other reason than to practice for yourself so you get better and can move up. Pay your dues, do the panels, do the, the concurrent sessions. It'll take a while to get to the keynotes, <laughs> you know, um, of major conferences. It's going to take a bit of time. 
I mean, unless you're Barack Obama or someone, you know, huge like that, that's just left office, you know, you need to pay your dues. Good advice. Now, Lorianne, let's come back to you a little bit. You've been growing this business and it's been rapidly growing over the last, what do you say, 14 months. Yeah. Uh, what's next on the stage for you? Where, where do you see your business heading in the next 12 months? Well, where I see this heading is that I'm really starting to focus my efforts on the business development side. I actually have a gal. It's my kid who is so smart, but she's working nights and her husband works days so that they're not spending her whole income for childcare. And I sit there and I go, I'm constantly going, Brie, how do I do this? Brie, how do I do that? Because my biggest problem is technology. I make no bones about it. I'm also quite impressed in how much I've learned over the last 14 months of things that I never did before that I'm quite capable of doing. But my goal for this year is for me to move into strictly business development and have my other people take over all the work. So, so, you're, so you're kind of moving yourself out of the VA role personally so you can focus on the big picture. Right. But I have, I mean, I have a few of my clients that I just love so dearly that I can't imagine giving them up. But, um, but yes, that's the plan is to build it so that I have a great team that can do even more than I can do. Just as I'm telling business owners out there, when I'm spending, you know, 40% of my time doing the, the work that needs to be done instead of generating more income, I'm, so I'm taking my own advice. Very good. That's a, that's a great way to wrap up our conversation, Lorianne. I do want to uh, ask you, where can people reach you? Where can they find more about you and, and get details on how to work with you? Right. Well, thank you. Um, my website is www.lvsconsultingservices.com. And for those speakers and authors out there on my homepage, there's an option to be able to get my ebook that talks about the top 10 ways to create massive growth in your speaking business. So that'll give you some ideas of what you need to be doing now. Hey guys, if you're listening to this and you're not a public speaker right now, go ahead and get that free resource anyways, because it could be in your future this year. Speaking is a tremendous way to grow your business and to really uh, reach out uh, to an audience and get a feedback on what's working and what's not working. So grab Lorianne's free report. Again, that's top 10 ways to create massive growth in your speaking business. You can find it at Lorianne's website, lvsconsultingservices.com. Uh, Lorianne, this has been a terrific conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Steve. I really liked it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. Come soar with us by joining our community at startgrowsoar.com. Again, that's startgrowsoar.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, it's Steve Combs again. You can find all the show notes and links mentioned in this episode at startgrowsore.com forward slash 001. You can also find our community on Facebook at Solarpreneur Success Podcast and on Twitter at StartGrowSore. And may I ask a small favor? Solarpreneur Success is a brand new show and I have many exciting guests already lined up to share their wisdom and experience with you. But for you and others to find these episodes... I need your help. If you haven't already, go ahead and click subscribe. And if you found value in today's episode, please leave a rating and share it with others. These are simple ways you can help me reach more people.
I appreciate you and your support.